Welcome to Spring Branch Academy, children, where we are seeking to instill wisdom and inspire worship in every student to the glory of God. Today we're going to be finishing off the first half of the year. Regarding work, I hope you remember that a vocation is a calling. It's different than an occupation, which is a job. We have three reasons why we should work, at least three given in the New Testament. One is provision. First Thessalonians 4, that we would meet our own needs and behave properly towards outsiders. The second is giving. Ephesians 4, verse 28, that the thief should no longer steal, but work with his hands, performing that which is good, that he may have something to give. And freedom, 1 Corinthians 7, if a slave can gain its freedom, his freedom, he should do so. And so there's a value, not a necessity, but a value put on being free for Christ to do whatever he would want us to do. And that may incline some or suggest that we should value self-employment. So these are three things then that reasons why we should work. Provision, giving, and freedom. In language, we're going to start talking about sentences, which is a, a group of words with a complete thought. To be complete, a sentence must have a subject and a predicate. The subject is what the sentence is about. The predicate is what you preach about the subject. In other words, pick a topic, pick a subject, pick an object, and then preach something about it. What is it? What does it do? And so you might pick a biscuit. A biscuit is a kind of food. Or a biscuit does this or that. It squishes. Old Testament prophecies are so fascinating because Jesus came not to abolish the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, but to fulfill them and bring their statements into a fullness, such as the Messiah is king and the Messiah is priest. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Psalm 110 verse 1. And then Psalm 110 verse 4 says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek means king of righteousness. And Genesis 14 says he was king of Salem. Salem means peace. So a king characterized by righteousness and peace. But he was a unique king because he was a priest of the Most High God. All throughout the history of Israel, you couldn't be a priest and a king. Now there would be peace between the two offices. Zechariah says that the Messiah will be a priest on his throne and the council of peace will be between the two offices. So the Christ, the anointed one, shall be both a king representing God to his people and a priest representing his people to God, the perfect mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who is also God. So again, Psalm 110, verse 1, The Lord said to my Lord, 
Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And verse 4, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Yes, he will be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace will be between the two offices. This is the last time for Psalm 23 as our bonus passage. Please note, there are two images of the Lord here. He is both a shepherd and he is a host. As a shepherd, he will be with us even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And as a host, surely goodness and mercy will follow us or chase us down all the days of our lives. And so there's two statements of extreme that follow the description of shepherd and host. Please note that when you quote it the next time. In our Proverbs from the 30 words of the wise, Who has trouble? Who sees double? Drunks who drink and drink the beer that bubbles. Do not linger over liquor. Do not like the liquor viper. Seeing things, saying things, like falling asleep behind the wheel. They beat me up. It's no big deal. They beat me up. I didn't feel. Life for me has one appeal. When I wake up, I'll fill my cup. That's a tragic shrinking of the soul, children, where all the thoughts are around one small thing that God made, And then it is loved like an idol, and it destroys the people that cherish it. And so please, stay away from cherishing and idolatrizing any created thing, especially alcohol, which destroys those that worship it and become dependent on it. In math, you remember the groupings of ten? Ones and tens, hundreds and thousands... Millions, billions, and trillions. In scientific notation, the powers of ten would go like this. Tens tens would be ten to the one power. Hundreds would be ten to the second power. Thousands would be ten to the third power. Millions ten to the sixth. Billions ten to the ninth. And trillions ten to the twelfth. So instead of writing a number as the the digits representing the, the, the groupings of tens, like we normally do, we can write it in scientific notation, where we take the greatest number of tens, whatever that may be, 10 million. It could be that's 10 to the seventh, and we go 1 times 10 to the seventh. Whatever it is that is the biggest number, we make that then the marking, and it's times 10 to that power. Scientific notation is necessary when you get to numbers as big as Avogadro's number. It's like a dozen, where a dozen is a name for 12 things, as we knew from the past. But Avogadro's number tells us what a mole is. A mole is 6.022 times 10 to the 23rd things. That would be like having a 6 and then 23 zeros after it. I don't want to keep writing that kind of a number, so scientific notation shrinks it. Chemistry is the study of matter. 
And matter are things that have mass and take up space. And they have three phases, solid, liquid, and gas. The basic, in, the basic thing in chemistry is an atom. An atom is the smallest piece of an element. It's something you can't cut again. It's atom. You can't cut it. If you did, you lost what it is. And an element is one of the basic ingredients of the world. It's almost easier to learn an element from the mistakes of the Greeks. They thought everything was made of fire and water, earth and air. If you just combine all those things, you get all the physical universe. Well, they were not correct. The periodic table gives us about a hundred basic elements that God created and built the physical world with. And the smallest piece of any of those elements is an atom. In geography, let's learn the circle of the nations around the promised land. If we start in the kind of upper right corner to the northeast, we have Gilead, which is more of a region that was fought over by various countries like Syria or Ram to the north and Israel. But if we start with Gilead, we can then go down to the right and it says game. G-A-M-E. Gilead, Ammon, Moab, and Edom. And then we swing to the left and the lower left, the southeast corner, southwest corner, is Philistia, where the Philistines live. That's where Goliath is from. And then in the northwest is Phoenicia. Tyre and Sidon are the cities there. They are Canaanites. That's where Jezebel came from. But it's also where the cedars of Lebanon came from to build Solomon's temple. In the promised land itself, you have in the north, Israel, and in the south, Judah. They were split after Solomon rebelled against God. Even though Solomon built the temple, he built temples to idols and then split the nation and so there's Israel in the north, Judah in the south. In the times of Jesus, you have another people tucked in the middle, the Samaritans. And the north is called Galilee. Two areas of Jews, Galilee in the north and Judea in the south. And we get the name Jew from Judea, or which came from Judah. And so, the times of the kings, Saul, David, and Solomon is when then when the whole kingdom was united and then it split after Solomon. So here the Bible timeline, another verse for us to learn. Eli at Shiloh with Hannah and Samuel. Saul David Solomon are first to rule Israel. Jonathan David and faith to kill giants. Absalom, Joab and Saul in defiance. No king is perfect. David's the model. Temple then idols. The Canaanite way. God splits them in two, then sends them away. And what happened to Hannah at Shiloh? Well, God heard her silent prayer for a son. Hannah, Hannah, and Elkanah had no children like Penina. But God heard Hannah praying well and gave her little Samuel. Children, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord give you good, good memory to hold these things in your heart. As Psalm 119 says, Thy word have I treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. 
God bless you.